Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150, and uh, got a jam-packed show today. I'm going to save my announcements and weekend catch-ups, which I have many of, until the second half of the show because I have on the phone with us Heather Gould, who is the mother of Corey, who's a little boy with Asperger's who was featured in a um, documentary that is sort of circulating around the country right now. Heather, welcome to The Dog Show. Thanks for having me, Julie. Yeah. So I um, don't remember, I think it was through Facebook that I saw this um, trailer for this documentary called For the Love of Dogs. And it's about your son, Corey, who has Asperger's. And how old is Corey now, 12? Uh, Yeah, he'll be 13 in June. Okay, it's the same age as my nephew. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a really touching story, and it says that it's an ongoing documentary, um, but really about how dogs help Corey in, re- in so many ways, you know, um, you know, to connect with people socially and also for his own benefit, it sounds like. Um, overstimulation is a real challenge um, for people with Asperger's and that, that really helps them to focus on something really intensely that they're passionate about and Absolutely. it makes the world feel more manageable. So um, now how new is this film like just hitting the film festivals? Yeah, we're doing the film festival circuit currently. Uh-huh. Um, we entered, I think our first one was Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, which is where we live. And that was April 5th. Um, but we are getting so much buzz that we'll probably go into uh, part of, of 2015 and hopefully make it to Sundance. Uh-huh. Um, we've got some really great support. So mm. that's kind of the goal. Now, how were you, were, were you dog people to begin with? Or was this something that Corey really found on his own? No, actually, my husband and I were always dog people. Okay. We had a golden retriever uh, named Gus, who was our baby. And when Corey came home from the hospital, um, you know, he came home to, to Gus. Mm-hmm. And we kind of shockingly lost him uh, mm. when Corey was about three, mm-hmm. the night before Thanksgiving. Mm. And at that time, Corey hadn't yet been diagnosed with Asperger's. Mm-hmm. He was just a really bright kid, but there was some kind of disconnect socially. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling our nanny at the time, because um, my husband and I both worked and we lived out on the East Coast, mm-hmm. commuted and everything, that, you know, if while you're home with him, if he asks where Gus is, you know, just explain to him that he's gone to a better place. Well, a week went by before he even asked where the dog was. Mm. And I remember thinking that was odd, especially because Corey had such a passion for animals. Mm-hmm. He always wanted to go to the zoo. But it was wild animals only, and it wasn't until March of 2012 um, when we were, gosh, on our second golden retriever and now had a Labradoodle uh, that we got that March that he seemed to really find this interest and passion for dogs. Mm -hmm. He started recording every episode of Dogs 101 Mm -hmm. 
on Animal Planet and watching old footage of Westminster, a national dog show, mm-hmm. and really just learning everything there was about every breed. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it was so exciting for us because we were dog people and he was finally finding yeah. a connection with them. Will you just in a um, sort of succinctly give people an idea of what it's what it's like for someone who has Asperger's or what it's like for Corey anyway? How is he, where does he excel and where is he compromised? Yeah, I mean, these, these children are exceptionally bright. Um, in fact, when we were going down the path of finding the diagnosis, they told us that they just thought he might be gifted. Uh-huh. So he's a very high IQ, but socially, they just, uh, they have difficulty reading social cues, um, facial expressions, um, innuendo, um, you know, they're very literal about things. And yeah. so, you know, sometimes sarcasm is very difficult for them to, to get. Yeah. Um, and they have to be taught. They have to be taught to look you in the eyes when they speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, voice modulation, you know, he always very, very loud when he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's, he does exceptionally well in school and always has. Um, but socially, it's very difficult for a kid like him, especially in middle school now. You know, he hasn't been asked ever for a play date or mm-hmm. to come over to someone's house, um, mm-hmm. birthday parties, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. what I think is really amazing about him is that he's very comfortable with himself mm-hmm. and, and, and having, you know, his kind of own thing. I yeah. don't think he really enjoys being around a bunch of people. Um, it kind of creates that overstimulation. For yeah. Him. Um, now, so the challenges in reading facial expressions, body language, stuff like that, what does, does that have anything to do with his experience of emotion like, the, you know, where he himself, within himself, does he experience emotion in a similar way to children who don't have Asperger's, or is that also different? Um, that's a really good question. I think he I think he does have emotion, and I can't speak for all kids with Asperger's, sure. but for Corey, he's extremely sensitive. Um, he's very loving, loves to hug and, and, and be hugged and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that I I can remember when he was young and if like I got hurt, Mm -hmm. he wasn't going to turn around and say, are you okay, mommy? Empathy is very difficult for them to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, to, if I sneeze, you have to explain to him, you got to say, bless you. When someone sneezes, that's the polite thing to do. If someone gets hurt, you ask, are you okay? Yeah that kind of a thing. But there, the emotion is there. Yeah. There. Well, there was a part where he was right at the beginning where he was talking with, I think it was his therapist about, he said, why does nobody like me? And he seemed yeah. like he was kind of bumming out a little bit. So it, it did seem like he, you know, he's, he feels these things. It's just that it, there's other ways that disconnect, like you said, like empathy or where it's about somebody else. It's harder for him connect to connect to it. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I thought was a little almost confusing to me, and I am really curious to hear your input on this, was like his challenges are, um, you know, among his challenges socially are 
reading body language, facial expressions, social cues, stuff like that. And one of the people on the documentary, which is called For the Love of Dogs, and I've posted a um, trailer to this documentary on our Facebook page, and you can also find them on Facebook as well under For the Love of Dogs movie. Um, And you can watch the trailer and stuff and just kind of follow them and and see when they come to your city. Um, But was that somebody said um, that he like that interacting with dogs is so great for him because he doesn't have to read the body language. But it's struck me as curious because dogs are nonverbal and they communicate exclusively through body language, energy, you know, movement, stuff like that. So I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I would say, Julie, Mm -hmm. is I think that dogs pick up on your, on the, on people's, um, so they're reading him better than they're reading him. Yeah. They understand him. That makes sense. He doesn't have to look at a dog's face and see like, Oh, they're annoyed with me because I'm talking too much. Right. You know, yep. And so the etiquette stuff, yeah, exactly. And it's um, there's no no judgment when it comes to to Mm -hmm. dogs. As as you saw in the film, um, several people said that they would almost rather be around dogs than people because they're accepted (laughs) and they just they love you no matter what your day was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So he doesn't. He knows that they just get him. They just get him. Yep. And I think it's easier for him because he doesn't have to read right. social cues from a dog. Right. No pressure. Exactly. Yeah. And it really, I saw him really practicing some of the stuff that I assume he's learned through interacting with people around their dogs, like asking somebody if he can pet their dog or, you know, where that's been a, a context for him to practice those social interactions through talking with people around, you know, around the topic of their dog. And people without Asperger's do that, too. I mean, absolutely. you know, that's a way. I mean, I my expertise is in training and behavior. And, of course, I have this show. And if I'm at any sort of function, if it's a party or anywhere where I'm meeting people, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I'm an expert in dog training and behavior. Oh, my dog, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's just like this yeah. instant... Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. I think that was why we did this film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I said, Corey was always into going to the zoos, and it's difficult to interact with people at a zoo. They don't, you know, it's not their pet that's behind that fence. It's, you know, a, a wild animal. Mm-hmm. When Corey could walk into a dog park or a pet store and approach somebody, and ask them something about their dog, they wanted to discuss it. They were so excited, as most dog owners are, to mm-hmm. tell you all about their dog, tell them the name. And then when Corey knew so much information mm-hmm. about their breed, people were so fascinated by him. And I think that was what kind of hit me as his mom, that he was making this connection with people and understanding the give and take of conversation because he could approach people the right way about their dog, and they were receptive to him, yeah. um, which was which was new for him. 
Yeah, one of the one of my favorite scenes in the movie was um, when there was a when he was at the dog show and there was a woman. You know, he's walking around telling people things about their dogs specifically if they were a you know winning dog in past shows or at Westminster or whatever. You know, he's rat he's he's telling people the things about breed standard that most people don't even know, even people who are involved in the breeds. I mean, the ability to retain information is just staggering. But one of my favorite interactions was this woman who was like all excited because she was like trying to throw him a curveball with like asking him questions. And I think it was about like a Bichon or something. And she was like, "Uh, you know, what group are they recognized in in Europe? And he was like, toy, I think. And she's like, she's like, I thought I had him. Yeah. (laughs) So it's cool yeah. for him to for people to really embrace that those parts of him that just are and like engage with him in that way and just like ask him kind of trivia questions. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, we filmed for a day and a half at the National Dog Show and uh a day at Westminster. I think we had probably 26 hours worth of footage um that we put into this 26-minute film. Yeah. And there were so many interactions like yeah. that. It was, you know, in editing it, I know that Tim O'Donnell, the uh, the filmmaker, had said to me, there's so much to choose from. We had so much great stuff. And it was really just exciting for me to see Corey kind of shine um, mm-hmm. as a as a, an individual yeah. at, at these places and mm-hmm. really be so accepted by the dog community. Yeah. Um, so you won the audience award at the International Film Festival in Boston, which is my home city. Oh, okay. Um, I grew up outside of Boston. And well, this was at the Somerville Theater. Are you familiar okay. with that? That's where we showed. Nice. Um, you said you're from the East Coast. Are you from Mass? No, I actually am from Michigan okay. and went to Penn State and we wound up um, in New York, New Jersey area, and then moved out to Scottsdale, Arizona about six years ago. Okay. Um, So people can find you on Facebook. It's um, the documentary is titled For the Love of Dogs, and you can find them on Facebook if you search for For the Love of Dogs movie. I'll post I'll post links to all of your info on our Facebook page and also on our home page, but people can also just search directly through you. Um, and I also posted a link to the movie's trailer on our Facebook page. Um, okay. Other, anything else, um, other places people can find you online or are you guys yeah, pretty much? Um, we, we now have um, a Twitter feed, which is at love of dogs movie. Um, and we are also on Instagram. You can find us there as well. Okay. Um, and, you know, we, we we keep people posted on all of the film festivals mm-hmm. uh, that were in on that Facebook page, on Twitter. Um, and we've got two coming up in New York City this month. So okay. we're really excited and um, appreciate you helping us out, Julie. Sure. With getting the word out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell Corey that there's now 271 episodes of The Dog Show archived, and it's just all about dogs, Uh, pretty much anything you can imagine. And I've talked to some pretty awesome um, scientists and directors of organizations. So if he's passionate about dogs, we are a free podcast on iTunes. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. 
And you can go through on our website too, which is dogradioshow.com and just go to the podcast page and scroll through all the episodes and he can pick ones out that are especially, maybe they all will be, but that are sort of especially of interest to him. So Terrific. I, I hope he enjoys them. Well, um, again, the documentary is about um, Heather's son, Corey, who has, is it Asperger's syndrome? Yeah. Okay. Um, Asperger's syndrome, which is a form of autism, um, basically uh, to kind of s- oversimplify these People are incredibly intelligent, almost, I mean, the memory retention is just unbelievable, the stuff that they can just soak in, like kind of suck in mentally. But then there are challenges socially, Um, you know, reading social cues, that kind of stuff, looking people in the eyes, like you said. And this film is about Corey's um, love and passion for dogs and how that is really helping him connect with people. And it's really sweet. So I wish you guys the best of luck. I would love to send Corey some dog show stickers um, that have our website on it, and I hope he gets to listen to the show and enjoys it. And I, I wish you and the film the best of luck. Thank you so much, Julie. And tell Corey I think he's pretty awesome. I will. All right. I will. Thank you All right. Good. for having the show. Yep. Good luck and keep us posted. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S.-sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Nurwak. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Dr. Bill Burlingame's immune support, we cover the world of animals. This week, May 11th, it's a Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me. We'll get more details about Maryland's fundraising project for animals, practicing for hosting the show, Kathy will interview me, plus we'll have open phone lines so I can help you solve any behavior training or healing problems with your animal friends. Plan to give me a call on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live, where Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. 
Conscious Living for Conscious People. Alternative Talk 1150. It's true. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And I was talking with Heather Gould, who is the mom of Corey, who's the little boy featured in a documentary. Um, He has Asperger's syndrome and um, has really found um, a passion and connection with dogs and how the documentary is about, you know, Corey and his passion for dogs and how that really helps him to connect with people because one of the challenges for people with Asperger's is they have a hard time with social interaction, um, reading people's faces and emotion and, um, you know, social cues and stuff like that. And so the context of interacting with people about their dogs uh, has really helping him to learn how to interact with people. And, you know, one of the things that I occurred to me as I was watching the movie and um, I posted a, a link to the trailer that you can um, find on our Facebook page. And you can also find them on Facebook too. It's called um, for the love of dogs is, um, you know, people without Asperger's do that with dogs too all the time, you know, like especially at dog parks or, you know, people are just standing around talking about their dogs. And I certainly experience that frequently when I'm just living my life. If I'm at a, um, social event where I'm maybe meeting new people or something like that. And um, as soon as people find out that I work with dogs, it's like, whoa, opens up this whole conversation and, you know, really ease in the interaction because we're just, it's like an immediate connection. So um, very cool. Um, Also just wanted to mention too, that the documentary is um, totally unfunded and um, they're really trying to get the, you know, the film out to film festivals all over the country and um, it's, you know, adding up. And so if you're inspired to um, contribute to their efforts in, um, you know, getting this this documentary out, um, then you can contact Heather through their Facebook page. And, um, you know, if you'd like to contribute, they would greatly appreciate it. We had, um, well, first of all, Eric, um, what a nice day to take your dog for a walk boy you said it yeah <laughs> another gorgeous day here in paradise i see you over there and you've really been pretty much thinking about that the whole time <laughs> i have been thinking wow about that. yeah looks like abby's getting a stroll tonight what a great day to take your dog for a walk um you know go somewhere new even give your dog a treat a sensual treat yeah yeah. The only hard part about taking the dog for a walk this time of year, I, I find, is so many more scents. It's almost like scents override. Right. So it's a lot of waiting well, <laughs> as you, she sniffs yeah. every single inch. Yeah. And she's along a beagle. The way. So, yeah. Yeah. Smell hound. Yep. Um, yeah. The, the smells of spring, all the fresh cut everything. And mm-hmm. I'm just glad my allergies have calmed down. Oh, good. Well, um, we had, and Eric participated even, and that was wonderful. We had people participating all over the country this weekend. Darcy and I were on a rampage um, doing sort of good deeds um, around the dog 
the topic of dogs. And um, first of all, I wanted to share um, this really incredible experience that we were able to basically, that Darcy basically sort of spearheaded. Um, there, Darcy is the, Darcy is my wife and she's the vice president of the assistance dog club of Puget Sound, um, which was founded by Jean Hample, who is, who I've had on the show a number of times over the years talking about, um, service dogs. Um, Jean's been in the industry for years. She was the executive director of the prison pet partnership program, which is a a service dog training program out of the women's prison um, here in Washington. And uh, the Assistance Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound does great work in just supporting people with disabilities who have, uh, um, who, you know, work with assistance dogs of all types, Um, just really supporting them, giving them, you know, help with ongoing training um, and, and you know, community environment and all that kind of stuff. So, so this um, veteran who named Ray, who served a um, number of tours um, in Afghanistan and Iraq, and um, has suffers from severe PTSD and um, depression, has a um, emotional support dog, who is a little black pug, four year old pug, and the pug's name is Little Bit, and. Um, you know, if you ask Ray about his relationship with the dog, he'll tell you that the dog saved his life um, emotionally and, you know, gives him uh, a reason to um, stay in this lifetime and um, has really been a powerful presence for him. And his dog, um, his landlord was removing some trees along the fence line and um, a neighbor walked by and the dog saw the neighbor walk by and slipped through one of those holes in the fence and um, ran to go greet the neighbor and got hit by a car. And he um, he survived, but he is, his pelvis was really severely broken. And um, he needed surgery to fix it. And the surgery runs about $5,000. And that was money that Ray did not have. And one of the impacts of having post-traumatic stress disorder and depression is that you can be very isolated and, you know, not benefit from a a large community. Um, So that wasn't there for him, um, just sort of built in for him like it might be for other people also. And his vet um, reached out to the Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound just to see, so sweet of them to do, just to see if there was anything that the club could do to help Ray and little bit get the surgery that he needed. Um, otherwise he was going to have to put him down. And, um, so the founder of the assistance dog club sent this request to Darcy and Darcy was just inspired to try to help him. Um, little bit is an emotional support dog, not a service dog. Um, but it just didn't matter. She was just really moved by the story. And, so she started a so what the assistance dog club did is um fronted Ray the money um because the place that performed the surgery needed the money in advance to do the surgery and um so we didn't have much time and the dog needed the surgery like now he was in a ton of pain 
And um, in addition to that, um, they also need to perform the surgery before the body starts to heal on its own, you know, kind of improperly. So uh, the Assistance Dog Club was so sweet and generous and really took a leap of faith to front the money and get this dog the surgery. And Darcy um, guaranteed that the club would get the money back and that we would be able to raise the funds. And we did <laughs> in four days, $4,700. And it was done primarily through Facebook and um, shared the story. And um, people just, I mean, that I think the story got hundreds of shares so people helped all over Facebook, um, not just by contributing to the fundraising campaign through GoFundMe, but also in sharing the story to their communities and then having people, um, you know, contribute that way. And then the news, um, Q13, Fox News ran a story on it also, which gave us um, a boost in the fundraising as well. And uh, I've posted a link of that story on the news um, where you can actually see Ray and Darcy meet for the first time. And it's really moving. Um, Just wonderful, wonderful story. Um, You can see that posted on our Facebook page. And it was really um, just really something else to, you know, one of the things that for me is so powerful about this was not only how inspiring it was for everybody who was involved and shared and heard the story. And this is just so great. But Ray said that, um, you know, the veteran who we helped said that this really restored his faith in humanity. Like he was really not feeling that great about, you know, humankind. And he just could not believe that perfect strangers would go out of their way to help him and his dog you know, stay together and, you know, raise this pretty sizable sum of money. Um, And, you know, he was just so moved by it. And it was just such, such an awesome thing to be a part of and witness and witness our, our community come together and everybody just, so many people just gave what they could, you know, 10, 20, $30, $50. We had some people give some amounts in the hundreds and we had someone from Hawaii give a thousand dollars Um, and in four days we were able, four days, 85 people donated $4,700 done. And, uh, it was just awesome. Really the power of community and, um, I don't know, just help somebody who needs it was, was awesome. And, um, I don't know, it's just sort of exceptional. And I, you know, even for us, like to just take something on like this, isn't something that we do you know, every weekend. Um, But for me, I feel like, gosh, this is something that I would like to have more a part of my life on a regular basis. Just how can I be of service to other people who aren't as fortunate? I mean, I feel one of the ways that we are the most fortunate is our community because communities are very powerful. Um, So just awesome. Everyone did such an awesome job and it was such a great thing to be a part of. And um, so congrats to Ray and Little Bit who are um, home healing now. And he's got a long road, six to eight weeks, where mm-hmm. he has to basically be on crate rest um, to for that hip to heal. It was a, a very bad break, um, but everybody just came together. and Glad made, to hear he's recovering. Yeah. 
back together. Ray said he was going to get him home and feed him bacon all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that little pug um, makes a big difference for him. So it was really cool. And then we, so that happened over last weekend, four days. And then also last weekend, we, so I've had this organization called Old Dog Haven on the show a few times over the years. Um, And then just recently I emceed an event for City Dog Magazine that raised money for Old Dog Haven, their um, City Dog Magazine cover dog model search, which was at the Seattle Pet Expo a couple weeks ago. So all the proceeds from that went to benefit Old Dog Haven. Old Dog Haven, when I first was introduced to this organization, I was beside myself. I thought they, and still do, I just think it's one of my favorite organizations in the world. Um, They are a network of foster homes and and, um, adoption homes that get old dogs out of shelters and out of rescue groups and into homes for however long they have left. Sometimes these dogs have days or weeks left to live. And they are at least gotten out of the stressful environment of a shelter. Um, and if they have to pass soon, then they're able to do so in a home. And and then on the other hand, sometimes the dogs are old, but they have years left to live. And so, you know, old dogs don't tend to get ad- adopted as um, readily as younger dogs do. So, I mean, this come on like this is just amazing work and I was just like oh when we have more space <laughs> um, where I'm totally gonna like just hook it up for these you know get get a bunch of older dogs get a piece of land take care of them and all that stuff and then I was looking through Facebook and I saw a picture of a little mixed breed they were saying she was a shepherd mix, um, but we think she's definitely cattle dog mix, either cattle dog or cattle dog mix. And we have two cattle dogs. Um, who, through Old Dog Haven, who was in the shelter and needed and was having some health problems, labored breathing, stuff like that, and that she really needed to get out of the shelter and into a home. And I don't know, I just was like, I mean, I see these pictures all the time and I just love Old Dog Haven. And this one, I was just like, let's do it. So we went on Saturday um, while all of this stuff with Ray and Little Bit was going on. We went and picked up this dog who we've named Lois. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, who I I don't know how long she'll be with us, but... um, Got her out of there, busted her out. And and I say this, you know, I mean, the shelter, she was at um, Regional Animal Services of King County, the Kent Animal Shelter. They, I mean, I talk about how hard shelters are for dogs and cats and, you know, any animals really to be in that kind of situation. It's very stressful and, you know, however they got there can be traumatic also and all this stuff. But I do want to just say that... Um, you know, as much as I want to get these dogs out of shelters, they did such a great job taking care of her. Um, so I don't want to sound like I'm just like bad mouthing the shelters that, you know, they they did such a great job and all that stuff. But um, so we got her out, busted her out on Saturday, got her home and have been adjusting her. And, um, 
You know, it's a different experience working. I mean, one getting to know her as an individual. I mean, we just picked up a dog we had never met before and she's at least 10. Um, and she's overweight. She's on a diet. Um, natural pet pantry has donated her food. So she's eating, um, their cooked stew, which is like the best thing you can get out there for your dog. And so she's totally hooked up in that respect, getting healthy food that will help take that extra weight off. That's putting in a burden on her body and her joints. And then she's also got labored breathing. And, um, one of the amazing things about old dog Haven is that they cover all the vet expenses for their, their dogs that are in their foster home. So, I mean, you know, someone, all, all you have to do is open your home and your heart to an older dog who needs a place to live. And old dog Haven takes care of the vet expenses. And I mean, the organization was just really well run and we got her ID tag like the next day that we, you know, got her and um, we took her to Jet City Animal Clinic um, yesterday for a appointment and she had some x-rays and, you know, they're trying to figure out what exactly is going on that's laboring her breathing. It might be the start of something called laryngeal paralysis, um, which is a pretty brutal disease that progresses over time. Um, she might, it might be that it might, you know, be the added weight that's causing it. I mean, we don't know. So, so, but for now she's with us and, um, we're just going to work on getting her healthy if we, you know, if it's in the cards for her and, um, if it looks like she's got quite some time to live, then we'll work with old dog Haven to find her, um, a more permanent, um, home if, if we can let her go. (laughs) Um, just incredible though. Um, so I had, you know, we this was our weekend and we both were just on cloud nine this whole time doing such wonderful things to help, you know, this old dog and then Ray with his pug and, you know, experiencing the community and all that great stuff. And then I got a call just today from a woman who I've met in the pet industry. Her name's Meredith Deneen. And um, she was like, hey, I've got this, you know, nonprofit that I'm kind of trying to get off the ground locally as an emergency fund for people for vet expenses. And I was like, did you hear about what we did last weekend? And so this is actually a nonprofit that's um, trying to raise money to have an emergency fund for people like Ray um, to help fund these procedures. So I asked her to send me the information and they've got an event coming up. So Um, And then there's some other events um, going on as well. So we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to share more about this nonprofit that's local. um, And if you're inspired to help, um, then they need it. And they've got an event coming up and some other great stuff, too. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? 
We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Hi, I'm Pat Pauley. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauley, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes. Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. The new mainstream of talk radio. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Bust it loose. All right, welcome back to the dog show. Busting Lois out of the uh, shelter. Oh, Lois. (laughs) She's so funny. She's this old, late, you know, old dog, and she comes into our house, you know, it just has been incredible to see her adjust. Uh, she's a little, at first was a little um, kind of, well, of course, I mean, gosh, stressed out, all this kind of stuff, adjustment. And, you know, we have a house full of dogs. And so she was a little kind of snarky with them at mm. first. And we were nervous. Um, she got into it a couple times, like nothing ha- actually happened, but, you know, they exchanged words to female dogs. She and our female cattle dog telly were kind of having little bitch fights and we were like "Uh oh you know but we just you know gave her some time and and she really has just done such a great job we're so proud of her um in her adjustment and she's so now she's funny she's all mouthy barking at us and you know she's funny she's full of it um so that's talking about the old dog haven dog that we're fostering right now. Um, and we're just having a blast with that and, um, just feels so good to be helping her out. And before that, I was talking about what we did with, um, a veteran whose emotional support dog got hit by a car and he needed, um, emergency surgery to fix his hip and he did not have the money for it. And we raised the money. Um, Darcy pretty much spearheaded, the fundraising efforts and raised almost $5,000 in four days for him. And then I got a call today from a woman named Meredith Deneen, 
who said, hey, I've got this um, nonprofit organization that, um, you know, helps companion animals whose owners or guardians um, don't have the money to provide proper medical care or other necessary care for their pet. You know, an emergency veterinary fund, basically, um, you know, and when people are in this situation, oftentimes the only choice that they have is to put the animal down or put the dog in a shelter. So um, they also support um, pet foster care programs and, you know, really want to help provide these funds for people who um, need them to, you know, get some vet care, just like what happened with Ray. I mean, the dog got a serious injury, um, life-threatening, and, you know, those things, $5,000 to fix it, which he did not have it, and his option was to put the dog down, and he would have had to have done that if, if nobody helped him. So this organization is called American Pet Association Society for the Protection of Companion Animals. So it's A-P-A-S-P-C-A, and um, great idea, much needed, and, um, you know, they're kind of just getting off the ground in this area, and so they need funds to fund their organization, and they are um, looking for volunteers, looking for raffle donations, and, and looking for funding um, so if you're really moved by our story about Ray and his emotional support dog and you want to give, you can give to these guys. Um, they are having an event coming up to support the organization. 100% of the proceeds will go to the animals. It's called the Bubbles and Pup Tales fundraising event. Um, $25 gets you in the, in the door, um, gets you a raffle ticket and a cocktail and they'll also have a silent auction with um, some great donated items. Um, and they, they do still need some more donations for their raffle also. Um, dogs are welcome. If, you, um, if your dog is dog-friendly, um, feel free to bring your dog or just come by yourself to the Bubbles and Pup Tales fundraising event. And I'm looking to see where that is. It's in Ballard. Um, but I don't remember what she said, and if I can't find it, then I will post about it on our Facebook page. Um, but it's a event in Seattle um, in Ballard to raise the money, and I can't find that information in the email. So I'll post about that. Um, you can also go to APASPCA.org. That is the um, organization's website so you can find out more information there too and um, find them on Facebook as well but much needed in the community so um, recommend getting um, involved with that if you're moved to do so um, so one of the things too that I just wanted to mention um, and I'll probably have a help back on the show um, sometime soon because we're doing an event, I think it's in July, at Norm's, which is a dog-friendly pub in Fremont, and um, to as a fundraiser for A Help Project, which is animal hospice, end-of-life, and palliative care. And, um, you know, this is an organization that I'm on the board of directors for, and um, 
just love this work supporting pets and their people around the end of life process. But something that's come up kind of consistently, and I'm not sure where it came from, but people ask me regularly, you know, people in the industry or clients or whatever, they ask me if a help is anti-euthanasia. And, um, and I'm not sure where this impression comes from, if it's because of the term hospice, because animal hospice is such a new movement. And when we think of hospice, we think of how hospice was founded, which was caring for people who are near their end of life. But for people, you know, euthanasia is not an option. So it's it's kind of always natural dying and really trying to provide comfort. But animal hospice, you know, and at least a help project is definitely not anti-euthanasia. I mean, and I, I love that people are concerned about, you know, basically above all else, protecting pets from suffering, you know, around their end of life. Um, and that is something that I am like very, 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 feel very strongly about and um, always really have a hard time. And I understand that it's such a hard process to be in, but when I see an animal that's really ready to pass, um, but where the owner is not ready to let them go and the animal is just clearly suffering, um, it's hard to it's hard to see that. And and one of the things that a help can do is is just support the people in the process so that whatever the decision is that's right for them and their pet, that they're able to come to it more clearly or with more ease or maybe more quickly than they would have been without the support. Um, but a help is definitely not anti-euthanasia. I am definitely not anti-euthanasia. And I just wanted to mention that because um, a lot of people somehow have that impression and I'm not sure where it came from, but it's a great question. I think it's great that people are, you know, that that's really on their radar and that they really want to know, oh, well, I want, you know, I, I, that would make me nervous if there was an organization that was that way because people just really don't want their pets to suffer. So, um, but the A-Help Project offers people, su- people and their pets support um, around their end of life and, you know, whatever that looks like and, and also pet loss support too. Um, so it's a great organization and it's a great community and we have an event coming up, um, let's see, in July, I think, at Norm's, but I'll be talking more about that when we get closer to it. Um, the Furry 5K is coming up, which is Seattle Animal Shelter's big um, annual fundraiser uh, that's coming up here soon. Um, it's held at Seward Park in South Seattle um, every year, June 8th this year. Um, the Furry 5K um, goes to raise money for the Seattle Animal Shelter. Um, it's the 15th annual Furry 5K fun run and walk Um Seward Park in South Seattle. You can go to furry5k.com for more information about that. Register your dog or get a team together or join a team. Um, You do this really beautiful walk along Lake Washington in Seward Park. And then afterwards, there's a whole bunch of vendors and, um, you know, booths and all sorts of great stuff going on. You get to walk through when you're done with the race. So June 8th this year, the Furry 5K go to furry5k.com. And if you want to learn more about um, A Help Project too, you can go to their website, ahelpproject.org. Um, great organization. So exciting news. Um, the dog show 
website is getting a facelift, which is awesome. It's the first time in since we started, which was over five years ago. Um, so we're getting a an update, and there's going to be a lot more going on um, with that page. Um, you know, our, our page, our our um, website right now hosts our all of our podcasts, so you can listen to all of our episodes for free directly from the website from your computer. Just make sure that your volume is on. Um, you can also listen um, via iTunes as a free audio podcast and just download from iTunes as well. And you can listen, of course, every Wednesday live from 2 to 3 p.m. on Alternative Talk AM 1150. And the dog show streams live um, from wherever you are through the station's website, which is 1150kknw.com. And our new app, which is available uh, in the App Store for iPhone users and available in the Google Play Store for Android users. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thank you. What's it called? It's called Alternative Talk 1150 App. (laughs) How about that? Yeah. Cool. Easy to find. Yeah. So you can also listen through the app. Um, so yeah, we're getting a new a new pay or a new uh, website, and there's going to be a blog and a, a newsletter that you can sign up for through the radio show and get some, you know, guest information or updates about upcoming shows and other great information that way. Um, I'm writing a book this summer, spring and summer, that I'm shooting to have done hopefully within the next couple months. Um, so you'll be able to get information about that. Um, very cool. So just keep keep um, tabs on that. That'll be hopefully up within the next month, that new website. And, of course, it will still be dogradioshow.com. Hey, I got a um, – I don't know if this had already happened last week. Maybe it did. The um, got listener from Ireland. Did I talk about that, Eric? Do you remember? I don't think so. I would have remembered that. Oh, got an email from a guy in Ireland. Well, top of the whatever time of the day it is <laughs> over there <laughs> yeah. to him. Um. He said, listening, listened to, you know, one of your podcasts and um, it was a recent one, fairly recent one where I talked about leash walking and I was talking about body language and this kind of technique to do. All right. I think you did mention this. Okay. That, yeah, that they, well, they did this. Yeah. It's Ireland, excellent. this tiny, tiny, tiny town. They don't even have a zip code in Ireland. They're getting some dog show car stickers. I'm sending them 10 of them. So I'm psyched. That's great. Yeah. All right. Um you know, I just love doing the show. Oh, Natural Pet Pantry, new location in Kirkland. Um, just keep keep um, in touch with them via Facebook. They've got all sorts of awesome events. Dr. Aaron Zamzow is a um, holistic vet who's um, connected with Dr. Kelleher, who I've had on the show. She's going to start seeing um, clients out of that store on Mondays. What was the town in Ireland, by the way? Cork. Cork, that's uh, the second biggest city in Ireland. It's a beautiful place, and I'm going there this summer. It was Cork something else. So they're in County Cork then? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'll keep an eye out for the dogs. Do. Show stickers while I'm there. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We'll be back next Wednesday live at 2 p.m.